0: For this episode of Metaphors Be With You, we'll be talking about the claim that the pre-Disney Star Wars movies weren't political, and why it's utter bullshit. Hi, I'm Rob Hyred of Chipperish Media, and this is a podcast about symbolism and allegory in Star Wars. The movies, the TV shows, the books, and everything else. Each episode, I'll take a topic and apply it across whatever Star Wars media seems most appropriate. One of the many complaints of certain elements of Star Wars fandom is that Star Wars in the Disney era is more political than the original movies by George Lucas, which were simply whimsical adventure stories with absolutely nothing to say about politics or society. First of all, this is nonsense on the face of it, because art is political, particularly narrative art. For more discussion of this topic, especially as it relates to Star Wars, I direct you to author Chuck Wendig's Twitter feed in which he once broke down in great detail how even stories like The Three Little Pigs are political works. But the short version is that generally, if you don't think a work is political, it's probably because you agree with its politics. So what kind of politics do the six Lucas-originated Star Wars films have? Let's talk about it. Please note that this episode will deal with the political themes that seem to me were intentionally inserted into Star Wars. The next episode will deal with the politics that Lucas likely didn't intend, but are nonetheless present. So let's talk about racism. As a brief disclaimer, I'm a white, cishet dude in my 40s, so I'm coming at this with basically all the privilege. If I make bad assumptions, that's on me, and I'm truly sorry. In the very first Star Wars movie, we have two moments that stand out to me as metaphorically related to racism. The first is in the cantina, when the droids try to enter, and Luke is told by the bartender that he doesn't serve their kind, and he doesn't want them there. George Lucas was born in 1944. So he would have been completely familiar with the idea of restaurants and other businesses being upfront with not serving certain kinds of people. It's also worth noting that along with Luke, the droids have been the most sympathetic characters in the movie so far. We know they have feelings and goals and arguments exactly like everyone else, so this behavior is definitely not condoned by the movie. The other big nod to racism as a societal ill in that first movie is when Luke and Han are pretending to be stormtroopers transporting Chewbacca. An Imperial officer looks at Chewie and asks them, Where are you taking this... thing? Again, we know that Chewie is a fully realized person who plays board games and has strong feelings about handcuffs, so this dismissive remark is absolutely supposed to show us that the Empire has some kind of vile, human-centric speciesism going on. Obviously, we shouldn't discuss race in the original trilogy without bringing up Lando Calrissian. Lando is complicated, and we'll discuss him more next episode, but it's worth acknowledging that when we meet him, He is successful at his chosen, apparently respectable vocation, and eventually he is genuinely heroic, so I think we can consider him at least another attempted blow against racism. Similarly, in the prequel trilogy, we get a handful of racial minority characters in a variety of roles. Mace Windu, Korsh Panaka, and Fetz Jango and Boba all break us out of the usual all-Anglo all-the-time we're used to. Each of these characters is at least somewhat sympathetic, and Windu and Panaka are both legitimately heroic. As for racism's equally destructive cousin, Sexism, Lucas's record is less positive, but it's at least clear that Princess Leia was intended as a powerful and effective leader and warrior. I have heard, though I have not independently verified, that of all the characters in the original trilogy, Leia is the only one who never misses a shot with a blaster. Similarly, in the prequels, Amidala shows some reasonably impressive capability in the climaxes of Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. In the next episode, I'll go into the sexism of these movies, but I think it's fair to assume that Lucas was trying, in his privilege-blinded way, to make some positive female characters. Now, it's arguable whether these matters of basic decency count as politics, of course, and the answer may depend on if you agree with them as matters of decency. One thing that absolutely does count as politics, though, is the movie's position on the Vietnam War, which the U.S. was just starting to extract itself from when Lucas is working on Star Wars. It's pretty obvious that Star Wars is going to be about war in some capacity. There is some question, however, about which war it is. Cinematically, the original trilogy takes a lot of inspiration from World War II movies, with fighter craft zooming by and soldiers manning large artillery pieces to try to shoot them down. In fact, when Lucas was showing early cuts of the first film before the special effects were in, the fighter flybys were literally just shots from older World War II movies spliced in. Throw in the fact that Imperial officer uniforms are pretty similar to their Nazi counterparts, and, you know, the presence of soldiers literally called stormtroopers, and the case for World War II seems pretty strong. The problem with the World War II model, however, is the power differential on the sides. I'm no military historian, but my understanding is that the Allies and Axis powers had roughly equivalent forces and technology for most of the war. U-boats and, of course, the nuclear bomb changed things in their turn, But on the whole, there wasn't a big, clear advantage in troops or tech for most of the time. This is a poor fit for the story of the Empire and the Rebel Alliance, since the Empire clearly has an astounding advantage in terms of troops, and the rebels seem to field anything that flies. Given that the Imperials have British accents, and most of the rebels sound American, we could make an argument for the Revolutionary War. My main argument against that is the style of warfare. Star Wars puts a lot of emphasis on flying vehicles and has no obvious counterpart, at least in the original trilogy, to cavalry regiments and musket lines. So if we're looking for an asymmetric war that would have been relevant in the 70s, it sure seems like Vietnam has to be a contributing influence. And of course, the part of that that's uncomfortable for many Americans is that America is the empire here. We're the huge, technologically advanced military bullying ragtag freedom fighters. If you're not convinced, consider Return of the Jedi. The way Lucas tells it, he wrote a script that was too big to film, so he chopped it into smaller pieces, which is why there are two Death Stars, one to be a satisfying ending to the first movie, and one to recreate the original ending he wanted for the third. Originally, the Ewoks were going to be Wookiees, but Lucas really wanted technological primitives to be involved, and he'd already established that Chewbacca is tech-savvy. So the Ewoks are stand-ins for the Viet Cong, against the Empire standing in for the United States. As for the Clone Wars, I'm not actually sure what, if any, real wars it might be referencing. Attack of the Clones included some handheld camera work and some zooms that come straight out of documentary filmmaking, and I'm tempted to say that it's inspired by the first Gulf War. The Iraq War we're still sort of fighting hadn't started yet. But again, the sides in the Clone War seem largely symmetrical. So maybe it's another World War II pastiche? Or maybe it's just the war that looked cool to George Lucas once he started having special effects that could basically show anything. Let me know if you have ideas. So with an agenda opposing racism, sexism, and the Vietnam War, Lucas comes off as practically a hippie in the original trilogy. The thing is, many people may have missed these positions because there are widespread positions to have, or at least give lip service to, throughout the 80s and beyond, only becoming controversial again fairly recently. So that's my piece on the intentional politics of the original Star Wars movies, but I'd love to hear what I missed. If you've got another example or just want to discuss anything I've said here, talk to me on Twitter at rhirat. Or come to the Chipperish forums if you'd like to have a longer conversation. If you'd like to support all the great podcasts here at Chipperish, head to our Patreon page and chip in a dollar a month or whatever you can afford. You can also support any podcast you love by leaving a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and metaphors be with you.